30 and Nerdy Podcast is presented by Advertising Expressions. With so many ad specialties available, there is a huge opportunity for professionals like yourself to boost ROI and leave a lasting impression with your customers. Our mission is to help you create long-lasting relationships with your clients through the power of promotional products by getting your name in front of as many people as possible for as long as possible. We can help you today. Call Advertising Expressions, the place that the nerds use, at 423-586-3270. Ask for Zach and tell them the 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the captain of content, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack, and joined by the co-host. He is the juicy one. He's feeling freshly squeezed. He's he's oozy today. He's extra oozy. Extra. Extra oozy. He's got his PhD in all of nerdology, nerdlosophy, anything with the study of in nerd culture. His name is Dr. Davis. What's up, Doc? Hey, hey, my friend. How's it going? It's good, good. to see your, your beautiful face. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Uh, thanks for all for tuning in. Just want to remind you all to check out all of our social medias, Twitter, Facebook, or it's now X. Twitter is now called X. Is that what just, that weird little X. app is on my phone that suddenly yes, appeared? Just X. Ah. It changed it to I guess because they're going to give it to us. Is X going to give it to you? <laughs> give it to you. Stop! You're embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're all over social media. Check us out. Check us out on Patreon, um, and of course our our ever changing, ever growing website. So Juice, summer's over, man. Oh, what'd you have to you say? Were, you had a busy summer. I yeah. I did. You were, it, you, were, it, you were working left and right, trying to make some money to get your pops and your fanboy, and and just just so you can enjoy, still enjoy being a nerd yeah. outside of bills and stuff like that. Yeah, and then, yeah, now, it, that's where we're at in the world today. Is as many people are having to get second and third jobs just to ha- to have hobbies. It's because of that old supply and demand. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they there's there's mucho demand for the the mm-hmm. nerd thing so we mm-hmm. we get more and more and more to the point where it's a little overwhelming yes. and it's, it's a little overwhelming a little tough on the old wallet but hey that's absolutely okay. absolutely but we we had a heck of a summer we had some episodes we did the fanboy thing goodness it gracious. was a lot of fun and fanboy. Uh, yeah it was fantastic um it just uh, a huge shout out to them and a huge thank you to them yeah. of course and we're going to talk a little bit more about fanboy expo Orlando uh, here in a few minutes, but so work has been very interesting as of late. We have been slowly um, transferring the loft, and I mentioned this a few episodes ago, into this recording studio, multimedia studio area. 
green screens and, and podcasting equipment and video equipment. And I have a little office desk up there. And so they basically kind of turned me into like this multimedia and content director. Right. So, and it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. What looks like running around with a camera or my phone filming things, just goofing off and having fun is, is all for my job. So like, like I get to do that. And, um, it's a lot of fun. If you, if, if you're on TikTok or Instagram, go check out Tennessee legend distillery. Mm-hmm. They have multiple platforms, especially the, uh, the original one and the severe County ones. That's where I'm mainly focused at because I live here. Uh, but our TikTok is, is growing exponentially and we do a lot of fun stuff on there. So, uh, go check it out. Tennessee legend distillery. And uh, we actually started a podcast this week. Uh, it's something yeah. that I have been pushing for since almost since I started there. And it would be like, well, here's this idea. No, let's go back to the drawing board. Here's this. What about this? We could do this. And it took, it's now been almost two and a half years since I started work there. And we so, finally got this formula. Approved. So we were already doing 30 and nerdy like by the, mm-hmm. before you started there, right? Before I started, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we were already doing 30 and nerdy. So they knew that it was a a thing that I did and a strength that I had, and they wanted to use it, but I just hadn't brought them the formula they thought could work for Tennessee Legend. Yeah. And then I finally did. Talked the layout and all that, and they invested in equipment, which was really cool because it's better than ours. (laughs) And... uh it's, it's been really awesome. We released our first episode this week. Uh, the podcast is called Between Two Barrels, which I kind of have to thank you for because you introduced me to Between Two Ferns. And that's <laughs> what I'm playing off of. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, when I, the way I set the barrels up up there when I was first just kind of setting stuff on them and yeah. like about to do some woodworking and all that. And I just looked at them and I went, oh. <gasps> Oh my God, it's like Galifianakis' show. But we're between two barrels. <gasps> Brian, come here. <laughs> I got to so, say, I, I listened to the uh, first episode of Between Two Barrels and I thought it was just delightful. Okay. Brian is uh, obviously you are a fantastic host, as we have learned over the many years we've been doing this. Uh, but Brian's but, uh, got it. Man. Brian was just so entertaining and and, mm-hmm. and had such interesting stories and little tidbits and facts that he knew mm-hmm. and all of his descriptions of the products at Tennessee legend distillery. Like I was thoroughly entertained mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, the, the things you have planned in the future. You're going to talk about like actual legends of Tennessee, mm-hmm. like the Tennessee wild man or the you know Bigfoot, whatever you want to call yeah. him. Uh, and Dolly of course, Parton, we'll talk about other legends like, uh, you know, uh, Johnny, We'll talk about Johnny. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you can join us for an episode on, oh, on Johnny Cash. Um, I'm all about Johnny Cash. Music, ghosts, paranormal legends not born here but made their name here. We will talk about all legends in the Tennessee area while talking about the business, the spirits that we create, our product, our staff, um, and fun facts. Actually, the next episode, which new episodes will drop every Monday, um, our next episode, we actually have a sit down with our head distiller, Justin, and we learned some fun little things, uh, some things that are not in the episode because we are not allowed to divulge them yet. 
but um, yeah, a lot of fun stuff is coming down the pipeline at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Uh, so check out that podcast, Between Two Barrels. And, uh, you know, hit a subscribe, hit a like, leave a review. Tell them you, uh, you know one of the hosts. Done and done. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this Saturday, we do our one-night-only miscast cabaret uh, at the Elks Lodge in Morristown for Encore Theatrical. Uh, we, I told everybody that Emma made a poor choice starting off the show with six with with six sexy guys doing a rendition of the cell block tango. Uh, I was like, you're kicking the show off with that. Nobody's going to want to do anything after. How, how can anyone them. follow this? I know it's like nobody's going to want to follow us. Like the end of the very the whole end of the show is one day more, and people will still be talking about the cell block tango. So, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, seats are limited if you're in the, the area and, and you know you you support Encore and you're listening to this. Uh, get there early, there are no reservations. It's pay at the door, first come, first serve. There will be adult beverages and spirits sold. It is the Elks Lodge. Uh, and it'll be a fun night uh, f- to raise some money for Encore and see guys do girl songs and girls do guy songs. Wish uh, the, I was a part. The girls are actually doing uh, King of New York, and it's they are really good. Oh, it no is doubt. really cool. It I know really those girls, awesome. so I, I know it's going to be a great show. Oh, and the Kowalski sisters are doing You and Me, but mostly me. From oh wow, uh, Book of Mormon, and yeah. they're, they're fantastic. Oh, and they're yeah. fantastic. Oh, it's just such a talented cast and uh, very excited to, you know, usually most people would be like, we're putting all this work into a one night only thing. But, you know, I mean, you want it, you want it to be awesome. So yeah. you got one night to see it and that's it. So if you're in driving distance or interested in it and you're listening to my voice, then show up. Saturday, 7 o'clock at the Elks Lodge. And also, we have got more Fanboy Expo coming your way. It's going to be a little reunion in the city of the mouse. The, the bad company is going to roll into Orlando in September. And that, hmm. that town will never be the same again. again. Yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty epic. Dude, we're getting uh, a reunion of Scorpion and Sub-Zero from the 90s Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and I believe it's the guy who plays Sub-Zero he used to work for the WWF. And mm-hmm. like he was uh, like a masseuse or something. So he would like or a chiropractor of some sort. And he would like wow. work on the wrestlers and stuff like I'm pretty sure he was there the night McFoley got thrown off the hill in the cell. And wow. like he was like helping him afterward, I think. Wow. So uh and yeah. all the voice the voices of our like the original animated ninja turtles reunion. Yep. Yep. Holy crap. I that's one that I might splurge on. I, I think like, I might try to meet Rob Paulson because we didn't get the chance in Knoxville and might and have a little say, opportunity Rob, this time. We're friends of Danielle's. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Danielle man. three you is know Danielle. Uh, yeah. We've shared She's the stage Rob. before. She's in. With I have. Rob. I have been in the presence of greatness on stage yeah. before. 
Exactly. He's, he's uh he did a big uh, video with Danielle talking mm -hmm. about how, how wonderful she is and she's going to take the world by storm. And, and he's definitely right. So. Absolutely. We she's very talented. To, we if look forward to having her back kids, on the show. If you have kids, even if you don't have kids, if you like the Disney cartoons, Hamster and Gretel, mm -hmm. her episode is all about the ice queen. Check it out. That's our, that's our good friend, Danielle. She'll be back on the show soon to talk more about now that she can talk more in detail about it uh, and possibly upcoming projects. So uh, go check her out on TikTok, Instagram, social media. And, uh, but Orlando's also got uh, Titus Welliver showing up and you would, you would recognize him from, he was in one episode of uh, Mando. He was in the, the frog episode when we first meet Bo-Katan <laughs> and they're having to hijack all these weapons from this star cruiser that's trying to get out of the port. He's the captain that they, that bites the shocking thing at the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. says you, you, you don't, we're not, we, we haven't gone anywhere. The empire still, you know, he's such a good bad guy and he is the horseman war in supernatural. And Oh, he's also in something else. He's got his own show. Now, can never. It's just like one name. It's his name. It's just the first name. I think it's on FX. He's he's such a he commands a presence anytime he's on screen. You're right, right. I might also splurge on him too because Titus is a, a heck of an actor. Well, my splurging is going to probably be on uh, Ian McDermott, the uh, mm -hmm. Emperor from Star Wars. And I'll Ooh. probably also try to go meet uh, Warwick Davis who mm. was, uh, he was a little uh, Ewok wicket in Return of the Jedi when he was just a kid. And then he Flitwick. was uh, Professor Flitwick and he in was and uh, Willow. Oh, that was pretty good. I want to ask him, hey, what's up with Professor Flitwick between Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban? Like, he changes. He changes a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like nobody talks about it and we're supposed to just pretend <laughs> like we didn't notice. What? was the deal we're not supposed to talk about how he got a, a facelift and his hair's normal and in a weird bowl cut now like he's gone through a midlife crisis he, he wore a little tuxedo yeah yeah, yeah. oh and his, chris sorry he got his hand stabbed by haggard with a fork oh that's right i forgot about that yeah it's funny uh did we ever get to see Professor Flitwick duel? Like in the last ones, did he duel? Uh, he's standing there when the, McGonagall in, does the speech. Uh, when she like puts the she does the and she's like, "Couple weeks to protect our school." Thing. Yeah. Well, and, in the book, I specifically remember it talked about how he was in the Great Hall, like standing on one of the tables, and he was dueling with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I bet he's really good. I bet he is too. He's the charms that swish and flick, but hey, you know, Chris Catan is also going to be a fanboy. Yeah, it's on some Girl Scout cookies, got some Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> uh, SNL alum, man. I, I don't think mm -hmm. I've ever met uh, an SNL cast member before, so you know what? I haven't either. I don't think we, we got to go say hello, yeah, do, do one of his skits, like, uh. A few feet away from him and see if he like shoes us away or joins in. Perhaps we need to uh, get in touch with our friend Joanna at Fanboy and uh, yes, see if Do she can interview. Hook a couple of couple of nerds, couple of, up. Tennis, couple of nerds up with uh, some interviews. So 
that would see be what great. happens. That'd be great. So a lot going on, even though the summer's over, we're still trudging along. We've got a lot to talk about in this episode. So let's start it off with some topics and news and tales of the Nerdiverse. So I wanted to run this theory by you, and I've wanted to talk to you about it for some time now. It's no, called... No, no time like the present. The Frodo Legolas movie theory. Okay. If you go back and watch, and yeah. I did recently when I learned about this theory. Okay. In the movies... The only time Legolas look, speaks to Frodo is, you have my bow. Other than that, the entire trilogy, they never speak to one another. And at the end, he says every member's name who walks through that door at the end, except for Legolas. He says, Sam, Gandalf, Mary Pippin, Aragorn. He even says, Gimli. Legolas walks to the door, he looks at him and smirks and then goes back to goofing off with the hobbits, does not say Legolas. And so it's piqued the interest. Does Frodo not remember what his name was? <laughs> <laughs> did, Frodo, did Frodo leave the council, forget his name and never think to ask? Who's the blonde elf that's been with me? Hey, <laughs> chief. Hey, guy. Hey, bud. And, like, I watched this whole video on it, and, like, they played the clips and all that, and, like, through most of the movie, anytime oh, they're no. together. I'm sure he does in the book, obviously, but in the movies, they never speak, except for he says, you have my bow. Then he never speaks to him again. Neither one of them. Like, he has that walk in, like, I'm alive, too. And Frodo just smiles like, hey, guy. Oh, oh Gimli's here, too. No. Gimli. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've <laughs> never time, thought about this. Before. Next time you watch the trilogy, keep that in your mind. Yeah. That Frodo forgot Legolas' name. <laughs> uh, what is it? What is it? Ar How arm embarrassing. Arm Armo? Ar armless god what is your name maybe he just like stuck to calling him melon all the melon. time yeah. hey, he just melon yeah melon i'm melon. speaking your language buddy hey guys <laughs> oh so, that's yeah. definitely it yeah yeah that's what it is uh also uh some sad news this this week yeah old Wee herman himself mr oh. cobblepot in two universes mr cobblepot in two universes um, and I believe he's the voice of Batmite. Yes, believe so. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens passed away this week, seventy years old, silently fighting cancer. Did you um? Did you watch Pee Wee's Playhouse when you were a kid? I did. I did too. I did. And uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's my bike. <laughs> Music yeah, and. By the incomparable uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman uh, has that cool little because it's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, also, uh, he was in Mystery Men, mm -hmm. which I think is one the, we should. The spleen, spleen. Put my finger. Uh, <laughs> I think that's one we should review sometime as well. We like, it's it's superhero genre. 
So it is. It I, I got to say, though, the last time that I watched it, I remember like really talking it up to someone who hadn't seen it. I can't remember who it was. It was maybe my friend David. I was like, oh, no, it's great, man. I, when I was a kid, this was like, Kel is in it, you know, like Keenan and Kel. So I had to see it. It's great. It's great. And then it was not as good as I remember. So yeah. we'll have to we'll have to check it out and refresh we'll, our memories. Yeah, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. But also, uh, you know, they've been a lot of the WWE stars have been paying homage to him, replaying the night that he guest host. Yeah, like he did. with Big Show and Miz and A Ry and all the yeah. stuff he did with The Rock and. Uh, so he, he I know uh, you are, but what am I? He uh he he brought a lot of smiles to a lot of people for generations. Yeah. And uh it's it's sad that, that we lost such a funny guy. And 70 these days just seems young. It does. And he looked great for 70. Yeah. I hope I look that good at 70. Uh speaking of wrestling and death and stuff, like I didn't realize that uh Adrian Street had passed away. Yes. A couple of days ago. So. Mm-hmm. Man, anyway. Also, young. Yeah. Too young. Yeah, he kind of he kind of looked rough last time I saw him. I think he had been, maybe he was on one of those Dark Side of the Ring documentaries mm-hmm. or something like that recently. I can't remember where I saw him, but yeah, he didn't look good. So yeah. Anyway, sad things. So some other things I wanted to talk to you about is some in watching some things and, and catching up and uh all that in the mcu uh some some loose ends slash setbacks that i've noticed uh first off we've we've not shied away from the fact that phase four was less than stellar yeah um and a lot of complaints about secret invasion have you seen it yet we have not started it we wanted to wait till they were all out they are i've not seen any spoilers Luckily, but I have I seen like this is bad or this is the solo outing you give Nick Fury or you know I'm just like oh shoot people are not liking this mm. and it kind of makes me think of um the the Star Wars show that Diego Luna did about his character before Rogue One people weren't loving of it as much as other Star Wars stuff. You oh, think it's because really? it's different? I've I've heard I, a lot of people not like it. I saw that people absolutely loved Andor. Do you think That's what you're it's about, right? because it's so different? <sighs> it's not your typical MCU thing. It felt pretty typical MCU to me, actually. It did. <sighs> to me, it did. But you know, like I have never been as interested in the secret agent soldier mm. gun spy crime and, spy yeah. ver, uh, piece of the, of the marvel mm. universe i don't really care as much about that so it, it felt a lot like that you know there's a lot of little surprises and lots of little oh's but there's only a couple of key things that i think people are going to really remember about the series and obviously i can't talk about because i don't want to spoil it for mm-hmm. you but you know, a couple of characters' histories were sort of really majorly uh, changed, changed, upheaved, and just yeah. So, and you'll know what I'm talking about when you finally. This is a dangerous game to play. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Like, okay, it, so okay, 
No one would have, saying- been, have read have read Secret Invasion. Someone's been a scroll. You don't have to say who it is, but someone's been a scroll. And you know? there was mm-hmm. like, well, there's a couple uh, of those, and possibly more, probably more. And there's a loss of a character as well. So. That's what the story is. It's the scroll invasion. Everybody read this. The comics. Yeah. I mean, were they and just they, a kiss then? I I like that they found a way to. Well, I'll be caught up very soon. Uh, I'll I be caught up I very soon. Yeah. we'll wrap back around to it. But I just thought it. I just thought it was crazy that I've seen so much like disgust, and I'm like, dude, it's it's kind of the story. Like, if you're upset about like people have been scrolls the whole time like that's the secret invasion story yeah. that's the war of the scrolls story we, we read don't, about it I, I don't know that that's what people are upset about necessarily i i don't know i don't get on the internet i don't dirt really i don't see a lot of the opinions because mm-hmm. i just don't care and i get aggravated with people and everyone is so negative about everything on social media yeah you know? Hard this is please. crap yeah. that's crap this is crap this is terrible everything's da, 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 da. crap everything is crap just, <laughs> so whatever yeah okay so the other one i want to talk about is there have now been seven mcu projects since eternals and we have still yet to address the big ass celestial sticking out of the planet <laughs> maybe nobody knows about it yet wasn't it <laughs> nobody, like in, nobody notices wasn't it in the middle of the ocean well i mean yeah it is but i mean who's going out there there's, Other than like, surely it made the news. Fisherman Joe. <laughs> surely it made the news at this point. I don't know. Um, was it on the did, in the movie? Like, did it show it on the news? Like people seeing I like everyone, that everyone standing around in the bar in in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. And they're all glued to the to the TV, seeing the celestial come out of the ground. And for one moment, they were all united. They were all united. <laughs> what are we gonna do i'm really sorry about that thing i said six months ago let's it's stand here right, and, and watch what happens on tv and be friends <laughs> and then when we survive we'll go back to hating each other but the other anyway. thing that uh kind of hit me the other day was mordo turning heel and coming after all the sorcerers he talks about it in M- multiverse of madness like he says like oh my mordo turned psychotic and tried to kill me yeah but that's it. Like, is the story of Mordo because the post-credit scene was Mordo taking the magic away from Benjamin Bratt's character, and like See, sorcerers should be that. sorcerer. There should be no more sorcerers, you know, okay. and because you use it and abuse it and blah blah blah. But we've yet to hear anything about Mordo other than that Earth Two Mordo or Earth whatever eight eight three eight Mordo, and. Strange kind of talks about him turning into a bad guy, but yet again, more things have happened. Like, are we going to get a Doctor Strange 3 where Mordo's the bad guy? Or are we just, is he just disappeared? Are we, are we ignoring the character of Mordo moving forward? Because I feel um, like this should have been, a, that was such an early phase thing. And there are so many of these little things, like these little post-credit things, like, oh, there's going to be a character, and then I feel like we just forget about it. 
I think it's just, I just think that it's, it's, we've talked about it multiple times. Like also where's white vision. Yeah. It's been a couple years. I mean, (laughs) Uh, I think he'll show up in the next uh, Avengers movie, whatever that is. Okay. Or maybe like, yeah, probably the Avengers movie. What's the first Avengers movie going to be called? There's going to be two new ones coming uh, out. Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty. I think like that's that. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're still up in the air about that if Kang's getting recast. So. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what the future Man. holds. But let's talk about some positives. Did you see the Loki Season 2 trailer? Bro, I haven't seen it yet. I my totally friend. forgot. Oh, my goodness. Is it time for us to do a little? I, I think it is. It is. Right. It is time for us to do a little. Well, it looks excellent. It so, does indeed. I'll be. I'll be uh, enjoying that on October the sixth from the mm. comfort of my own home here. It looks great. We got Oscar award-winning. Uh, he won Quinn. Quinn. Uh, yep. yep. Yes. Um, short round from Indiana Jones. Right. Uh, fresh off his Oscar win, showing up as Obi at the at the TVA. Uh, we got the return of Sylvia, it looks like, and uh, Ramona, and also that a- oh, the Agent Forty Five. I think so. Something yeah. like that. Agent yeah. Forty Five or something like that. Some, something. Um, uh, so it seems that if you uh, kill he that remains and screw up the timeline, you wind up working at a fast food restaurant if you're Sylvie. So the looks of things. Um, she kind of reminded me of uh, what's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter's name? Maya Hawke. Maya Hawke. Yeah. He kind of looked like Maya Hawke there with the, yeah. the hair and stuff. Yeah. She definitely looks uh, physically different because, as we talked about in the last year when the first one came out, she was pregnant filming Loki at a lot of parts. Was she? she? Was, she I was didn't. Pregnant. Yeah, I didn't remember that we talked about that. Okay, she was pregnant filming wow. Loki season one. Good, for, good for her. Mm-hmm. Good job, Mama. You better work, girl. Yes. Uh, so that looks exciting. We will definitely be discussing that when it drops in October. Uh, so I wanted to finish up with a story that I read about J.R.R. Tolkien, the the brilliant mind that that gave us Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and The Cimmerillion and so much more. Uh, a story about Tolkien where a draft of the Fellowship was rejected by Tolkien's editor, who cited the reason being, according to the Oxford Dictionary, dwarf. Not dwarves. Dwarves are very upsetting. Dwarfs is the word, not dwarves, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, to which Tolkien said, I wrote the Oxford English Dictionary. Don't correct me. (laughs) (laughs) And thus the editor never worked again in his life. (laughs) I had always thought or heard or learned that one of them was the fictional fantasy mm-hmm. being beings. Yes. Yeah. And the other was the real life 
little people. That's that's what I had always heard it as is dwarves are real life. Are dwarfs are real life people? Yes, and dwarves yes. are the mythical short race of diggers. Yes, that's how I always knew it, and I think that it's because it's that way because of J.R.R. Tolkien. I think he's like, well, I don't want to use the real word because they're what not a, dwarfs. They're what dwarfs. What a comeback, though! Like, I know. <laughs> imagine having the uh, the the. What's the word I'm looking for? He basically said, "Don't quote the deep magic to me," which I was there. I when was, it was there. Written. When it was written exactly. Yeah. Such a legend. You got a lot of stroke to be able to say something like that. Absolutely, the Castanias <laughs> on J.R.R. talking. <laughs> So we're going to step away and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the strike as well as what we have seen and what is going on in the world of theaters right now. When we get a word from some of our sponsors. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery, where legends are made. Here, we won't herd you like a bunch of old cattle, leaving you feeling dazed and crazed and in a smoky haze. Here, we aren't just another moonshine sip and stop in the volunteer state. We are much more. At Tennessee Legend Distillery, we will show you that billboards don't make you a legend. And here, you aren't just another sale and a printed receipt. Here, you are the legend. Come be a part of the legend by visiting one of our four locations located across the state of Tennessee. Whether you're visiting the small local town of Cookville, boot scooting in the music city of Nashville, or relaxing in the beautiful Smoky Mountains of Cerebral, Tennessee Legend Distillery will have you saying, make mine a legend, no matter what you sip on. Stop in and try any of our multi-award winning spirits like our King Snake Bourbon Whiskey, our 120 proof White Corn Hammershine, or our number one seller, our Salted Caramel Whiskey. Not only will you become a part of the legend, but you will also become part of our secret creed of spirits. That's right. Tennessee Legend Distillery is the only place you'll be able to find the exclusive Assassin's Creed Spirit Collection. We have the AC-15 four-year-old bourbon whiskey celebrating 15 years of Altair, Ezio, and all of the other Assassin's Creed characters. Next up, we have our Valhalla Vodka, a smooth, 80-proof, tasteless spirit that will keep you going on any cold or hot Midgard night. Last, but certainly not least, take to the high seas with our brand new Black Flag Spiced Rum, a spirit that would make Edward Kenway join our crew. These legendary exclusive spirits can only be found here, with more on the way. Brought to you by Ubisoft, Anthem Spirits, and Tennessee Legend Distillery. For more information, check out our TennesseeLegend.com or follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Live in another state? No worries. Go to kegandbottle.com. That's K-E-G-N-B-O-T-T-L-E, kegandbottle.com, and search Tennessee Legend Distillery. They'll deliver it right to your door. Mention 30 and Nerdy Podcasts while checking out in any one of our locations across Tennessee and receive a free shot glass. What are you waiting for? Come walk among legends at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Craving cold craft beer and the best brick oven fire pizza in town? Check out our friends at Gatlinburg Brewing Company. With fair prices, a great staff, and carefully crafted brews, GBC is the place to be in your next visit to Sevier County. 
They have 16 crafted beers on tap with delicious personal pizzas, salads, and more. Visit either of their two locations in downtown Gatlinburg or at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway in Sevierville, right beside Tennessee Legend Distillery. When you stop in, tell them you heard about them from 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Cheers to you, nerds. Do you like comic books? What about movies and TV shows? Well, we may be the show for you. We're Hops Geek News, a weekly podcast that discusses comics, movies, and TV shows while featuring a beer of the week. Every week we chat about what we messed up on the week before, and then we dive into what we're reading and watching, as well as some news. We then wrap it up with a geek-themed topic of the week. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching Hops Geek News. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are talking all things Strike and Hollywood and the movie theaters at this moment. And of course, we're going to start off with talking a little bit about the strike. We don't want to go into too much into detail. Um, however, a uh, little bit of current news. The juice is, has pulled up where we stand yeah. on the WGA strike and sag after strike. I think it's important for people to understand, like, why does this matter to you and how will this affect you? Because I think most people don't realize that in the coming months, there will be no new television. There will be no, you know, whatever show it is that you, uh, yeah. you know, Yellowstone um, or whatever it is that you're watching. Like there will be no new, nothing uh, in the next. Yeah. I mean, months, schedules you know. have been put, this has already affected uh, Spider-Verse 2. This has affected Blade. This has affected all of Marvel's schedule, DC schedule. Like yeah, everything nothing is can be filmed. The, the late night shows, Jimmy Fallon yeah. and all that stuff, that's not happening right now. Yeah. Uh, the strike has been going for two weeks and four days as of today, so 18 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems seems like longer, doesn't it? Seems like it had been longer than that. Oh, well, I think that's since SAG. After SAG went on. Yeah, that's yeah. SAG. But the, the writer's strike yeah. has been since May 2nd, so three mm-hmm. months. Yeah, three so months. nothing new is being written. Writer's rooms are empty. And, you know, a lot of people have this misconception of like, oh, why did these millionaire movie stars and TV actors, mm-hmm. you know, why are they going on strike for more money? Uh, they have everything and so many people mm-hmm. are struggling out there. Yes, but that it's not about them. This is not about Robert Downey Jr. or, you know, people no. of his his ilk. This is about like the guys in Endgame who were the Wakandan soldiers who stood back yeah. behind Black Panther. This is mm-hmm. about, you know, the guy who is Stormtrooper number three mm-hmm. on the right. This is about just the everyday common, like, just, just extra you know, guys or, or the riders mm-hmm. and everything. So, um, basically, the, <laughs> the powers that be, however you want to call it, you know, here's, here's one of the causes. Uh, AI, mm. right? The studios want to use artificial intelligence to scan actors' faces to generate performances digitally. And Indiana Jones, which we're going to talk about later, they did this entire really awesome like intro scene to the movie, this, this prologue, and it features uh, digitally done aged young harrison ford right Mm -hmm. and like he was saying the lines and doing the movements and stuff but all of it was 
AI. Mm-hmm. It was pretty impressive, right? So, yeah, it's very impressive. But, but the idea behind it being like they can pay you, you know, whatever for a day's work and then mm-hmm. use your likeness as much as they want anywhere, you know? As someone who's been an extra and paid for a day's work, I made uh, $125. Yeah. And that was a non-SAG job. So, like, extras aren't paid the way that you think they're paid. Especially, yeah. like, all the people running around New York and Avengers, the cops, um, the people in the, the office buildings held hostage by the Chitauri, the people in the, in the museum and subway and yeah. Man of Steel, yeah. they're not paid millions mm-hmm. of dollars when their face is seen in the movie. They're paid for however many days, and it's a low number. Right. Um, but basically what they so want to do is they want to like, if I was an extra in Blue Beetle, I would work for a day. Like if my scenes only took a day to film. But at the end of the day, they would scan my face mm-hmm. and my body. They would scan me digitally using AI. And without paying me for it in the future, they could put me in as many movies as they want to as a background actor and, and not any, pay me. Any type? Of movie, yeah, too, it would know? just go to like the Hollywood Guild or whatever. Yeah. It'd just be like, yeah, we got this guy, and he would fit this movie, and we'll put him over here in this scene. And but I wouldn't get paid for it. And not only does the AI affect you know the actors, but the writers as well. AI can do writing, mm-hmm. and you know it's not to the point now where it has the same you know heart and emotion that a human being sure. can convey. But like. It's God, just wait. Not, not yet, you know, not yet. We'll, we can get there. So that's a big issue. And then also for, for both the uh, Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild of America, disagreements over streaming residuals and regulation mm-hmm. of uh, self-tape auditions. Uh, I forget the man's name. I'm sure if I wasn't trying to think of it, I could remember. But he played uh, Roy on The Office. Oh, yeah. He, he posted a video talking about how, like, you know, during the pandemic, especially the office was the most watched show on Netflix, despite it being like 10 years old since the finale happened. Right. Mm-hmm. That show is and even still, it's one of the most rewatched yeah. shows like ever. Right. So Absolutely. all these times that that people are watching this show and the length of time that a streaming service has that they can hold on to the, the rights to stream that show those actors mm-hmm. don't get paid anything for that no and you know so they're just trying to renegotiate and get a little little piece they of should the get streaming that, dollars that, that they deserve you know it should yeah. be in i mean now i'm not saying like you know if you and i were sitting in a restaurant and on the office and michael scott walks by or whatever in one like, episode we should get 50 cents every time somebody no. watches the show no but like no. you know the people who are actual cast members yes. on the show and characters and stuff it should be in their contracts at a certain level that they should get some uh one of get a the little, um, little piece of the cheese one of the main characters from reservation dogs the show yeah um since it went to stream from cable it went from cable to stream um she showed her check for like the last six months it was 37 cents yeah. that she got. And she was the lead character. Yeah. That's the streaming dollars they get. Like, hey, you know what? It has been going crazy on Netflix or FX or whatever. It's streaming on Disney Plus, whatever. As a thank you, 
here's 37 cents since and you were illegal. And it's not like they're being greedy when yeah. people at the highest levels are making multitudes of what the lowest workers are making in a day, you know, like every hour they make whatever and thousands and thousands of dollars. Some of these CEOs like W yeah. WB CEO and and Bob Iger at Disney, some of their comments oh. are just like, oh my God. Yeah. That's such a a nearsighted, you know, like you're so out of touch. Like you like the the I can't remember which CEO said it. It might have been Netflix's CEO, that they're just gonna wait them out. Once they start, you know, unable to pay rent and all that, yep. then they'll that's, get on board. That's disgusting. You know, like it is. That's Way to be a piece of trash human being, in in my opinion, uh, just to be frank. You know, ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it just goes to show you one more example in the world that we live in, how Mm -hmm. money and power and greed have such a hold on our society, you know? Mm Um, the, the people who call the shots, the big wigs who have the say so over don't things really that do are anything to people, you know, <laughs> like their they're... jobs are not that hard. The CEOs and stuff, they have thousands of people doing the job for them. And just to so. be so, so apathetic for the people who are creating these things that you then profit from, mm-hmm. you know, because some of these writers. There are, you know, there are some writers on big name shows and movies and stuff. They're not clearing $50,000 a year. But they have all this travel and like they've got bills to pay, too. And with the cost of living going up, you know, these writers, these comic book writers and these writers on these big superhero movies and stuff like that, that are making billions in the box office, they don't see the billions like the actors do they just don't and they're just saying like dude like with the cost of living going up you know when we were kids we were always taught that if the cost of living goes up then wages would go up that's so false the cost of living has gone up exponentially in the last 15 years but i'm not but we aren't getting paid equal to the cost of living exactly in a day-to-day life not really nobody is Meanwhile, um, the salaries of the people on top continue yes. to. Yes, they can up. give themselves raises all the time, easily, anytime they want. If they, if they're like, well, you know, I just took I just took ninety million last year, but you know, I just with the cost of living, I should take a hundred million this year. Yeah, you know, but screw the person who writes all this stuff that gets me all this money. Um. And, and we, we absolutely stand in, in support of the strike yep. and, and some ways that you can help. Uh, obviously, if you are able to and, and allowed to, if you get in touch with any of these unions or these strike funds and you are able to join them on the picket line, that's a way you can help. If not, you can support them on social media, you know, share their posts, follow along with their story. Um if you, if you know if if you happen to be listening to this and you're living in any areas that you can join, then absolutely. You know, if I was living in LA, I would be joining Sean Aston on the picket line if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can boost their cause on social media. You can support their strike funds uh, and mutual aid funds, nonprofits that help with the writer strike. Um, uh, you can bring snacks to them while they're on the picket lines yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, if you're just driving by one that you're in support of, you know, stop, honk at them, wave. You know, if you're on your way to work, tell them great job, you know, that you support them. Um, you know, but try offering your services, even if you can't join them on your feet in the picket line in some other form or fashion. So and we, there are many and we ways should, you can. And we should also say uh, shout out to Fran Drescher, who is the uh, president of SAG. She is uh, leading this Killing whole thing. It. And apparently she's just doing a spectacular job. Uh, so you go, girl. Mm -hmm. uh, however, one person not doing a spectacular job. Uh, in the eyes of people, yeah, uh, some people is uh, the Green Arrow himself, uh, Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, seasons, and I love Stephen because up until now, like he's always battled with billionaires and been so outspoken against the rich, the the greedy, the billionaires. Right. Yeah, but his comments about he doesn't like striking; it's myopic and nearsighted, you know, and nearsighted, and he hates it and. It's like, ugh. so, yes, uh, I, I've got the comments pulled up. And he did like clarify. To, he did recently. He, did, yes. try he, to, he walked to, it back. Yes. To, to clarify, but go ahead, Juice. Uh, so this is uh, on HollywoodReporter.com. This was posted as you're listening, uh, as we're recording this, say, uh, yesterday at 1030 in the morning. Uh, so the original comments were, I'll just read it in order. He's, yeah. I support my union. I do. And I stand with them. And so he clarifies, this doesn't need much clarity. My support is unconditional and I stand with them. Easy enough. Next part. I do not support striking. I don't. I don't know how many other ways that one would take that comment. Take but here, that. here's what Mr. Amell had to say. What this means in full context I understand fundamentally why we're here. My off-the-cuff use of the word support is clearly contradictory to my true feelings and my emphatic statement that I stand with my union. Of course, I don't like striking. Nobody does. But we have to do what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, what so a he's lot of trying were... to say, I get why we're here, but I don't yes. like doing it. But yeah. I think so he's saying he misspoke or it was taken out of context. Well, you know, I probably I would have said, I, I just wouldn't have said anything, man. I just would have been like, or I'd have been like, man, it really sucks that we have to do this, but you know what? I we got to do it. Like what he actually said right there was way better. But, you know, yeah. I, I know what it's like to be on the spot and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, next um, comment. What, yeah. Uh, but the, the other thing that a lot of people are saying is like, dude, your show got released. Like season two of Hills dropped. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, you know, you may have to worry about season three being a little late next year, but like your show just dropped. So you're, you're fine. Uh, Hills, which I have yet to watch, but I hear good things. I hear it's great. Uh, his next comment. I think that it is a reductive negotiating tactic and I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. I don't know why I'm making him sound so posh i don't know why i'm British. british uh in full context i'm an actor and i was speaking extemporaneously for over an hour 
I emote, but I certainly don't think these issues are simple. Our leadership has an incredibly complicated job, and I'm grateful for all that they do. Despite some of my terrible early acting work, I assure you, I'm not a robot. From an intellectual perspective, I understand why we are striking, but that doesn't mean it isn't emotionally frustrating on many levels for all involved. So now he's saying, oh, I've been talking just on the spot for like an hour, and and I've... I've I guess I he's say some to, things I'm still not understanding what he's trying to get at here. I mean, yeah. Okay. So next comment is, I think that thinking as it, wait, I think that thinking as it pertains to shows like the show that I am on that premiered last night, I think it is myopic. Cheap plug. What I meant, nothing about the strike is funny. But if I may self-deprecate for a moment, I have no clue what I was trying to say here. And who says, I think that thinking, that's why I was confused. Perhaps it was an inarticulate shout out to our crew and cast who mean the world to me. That's nice. I'm simply sad that we don't have a chance to celebrate a show that all of us figuratively and I literally broke my back for. And I get that. I do get that. Like, you know, you know, our show debuted and, but it's it's overshadowed right now by everybody's pissed uh, off at actors in Hollywood and stuff like that. So he he, he goes on to say, you know, uh, he's standing with his union for the foreseeable future. And when you see him on the picket line, please don't whip any hard fruit. <laughs> so he's really good with a bow and arrow. I, I, I guess we could forgive him. Everybody gets one. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would saying I do not support striking. I don't. There's <laughs> Stephen. There's not a lot of other ways that one. Yeah. Can like, what were we supposed to be like? Yep. Yeah, he doesn't support I get it. it. I, get, I get what he was he's... saying, though. I get what he's saying. Nobody was saying like, no, nah, that's not what he meant. <laughs> no, he uh, pretty clear there. So, you know. I respect the fact that he walked back his his comments, and I, you know, I don't want to like fry Stephen Amell because I do like Stephen Amell. Um, I saw a little bit of season one of Heels; it's good. Loved him as the Green Arrow early on uh, when the show was great. Um, so, uh, you know, just if you're if you're looking to support, those are some of the ways you can support uh, the strike, and uh, we definitely uh, have been sharing. Uh, anything that we see. So uh, if you are in support, those are some ways you can, you can help them out. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about speaking of Hollywood and all that, what is in the theaters right now? Obviously the big thing going on right now is the dynamic duo of Barbenheimer. And thanks to Barbenheimer, their opening weekend gave the biggest opening weekend to the movie theater industry since Endgame, Which is good. Which is great. Which is very, very good. Um, because if I, movies are doing well, that's good for yeah, all movies. That's good for all movies. And the whole industry. So Yes, exactly. Because uh, if one falls, they'll all start to fall. Yes. Um, speaking of that, though, uh, kind of transitioning to a sadder note about the movie theater, Knoxville, Tennessee, just closed down its last AMC. There are no longer AMC theaters in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And that's the slow burn of what we discussed in 2020 about AMC filing for bankruptcy yeah. and all that. Like 
this is still being we're still seeing the the effects of what they had to file for in 2020. They're closing less than successful AMC theaters all across the country. Now Knoxville doesn't have an AMC, not one. Uh, our, our, you know, if you live in Knoxville, your closest AMC is now Morristown. <laughs> so, yeah. so, well, you uh, know, a- AMC is still getting uh, for the foreseeable future twenty dollars a month for me for the AMC yep. Stubbs deal, which is such a great deal. deal. Oh my god, it's it's really a steal. Like three is, free movies a week. That you is this too good to be true? Reserve. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of time lately, but like three or four weeks ago, I was going to the movies all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So. We, anyway. uh, we, we, I've taken advantage of it with uh, the Red Door and the Haunted Mansion and Indiana Jones. So <laughs> if, if you can, then become a member, man. It's, it's really you, like, like when I took Madison on our date last weekend to see the Haunted Mansion, which is her favorite IP of Disney, is the Haunted Mansion. She has a shirt. It's her favorite ride there. It's, it's her favorite movies both the Eddie Murphy one and the Muppet one. It's it's oh, she Muppet listens to really it. Good. She listens to it constantly when Halloween comes. And this one was just oh, fantastic. I hear great um, things. It was so good. And we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I was reserved the tickets yeah. and I reserved and picked the time that our popcorn and drinks would be picked up. Yep. And you get and extra- saved money. And you get points to, to get yeah. more free stuff every time you, you buy something. So. I, up, I upgraded it for free, and the tickets were discounted. Despite the uh, great deal of the AMC Stubbs membership, uh, we have yet to see either Barbie, Barbie or Oppenheimer. Or Oppenheimer. <laughs> but uh, I do, we do intend to see them both. Yes. Uh, I definitely am interested in Oppenheimer. The cast looks so good. You know, I'm, Christopher Nolan just does such good work. I definitely am going to see it, you know, but I sort of have a little dilemma as far as Oppenheimer goes, because everyone says this is one of those that you got to see in the theater. And if you can, Mm -hmm. you got to see it in IMAX and all that stuff. One, Knoxville is like an hour away and the IMAX theater is well the other side of Knoxville and I'm tired. And (laughs) us, it's more than an hour because that's Turkey Creek. Yeah. So. And I don't have a lot of time. And also, Oppenheimer is like three and a half hours. My bladder is about like the size of a, of a one hour television show. Of a kumquat. Uh, kind, kind, of, kind of viewing. So that's a problem. Even as a young lad sitting in the theater watching Return of the King, I remember the Battle of Pelennor Fields hits and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I... <laughs> Also, it's really hard because as I am very, very open about, I have diagnosed ADHD and it's pretty severe. So it's hard for me to sit still for five minutes, let alone three and a half hours. Yeah. So what's a boy to do here? I don't know. Should I wait for the home release? Should I wait until I can stream it? I don't know, man. I think I, I'm going to have to. I want to see it in IMAX. I, I think that I, it looks probably beautiful. Will, I probably will go to Barbie, though. And from what I hear, a lot of practical effects. Yeah, I heard that. Too. Not a lot of CGI. Like the explosions and stuff were like food like, being thrown against stuff. Where are they blowing up atomic bombs to film a movie? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hopefully like, we're that damn celestial sticking out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I was talking about. It already took care of it. But I do plan on seeing those, but I did want, we did want to talk a little bit about the movies we have seen. We'll save the one uh, Indiana Jones for last, but I did see Insidious, the red door. I went with uh, my dear friends, Savannah and Leanne uh, for Leanne's birthday. And uh, Maddie will, will do scary movies with me in the safety of her own home. She will not see a scary movie in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, scream six was about the most I got out of her actually being in a theater for a horror movie. Um, but this one's a little different. This is more demony and ghosty. So yeah. a lot more jump scares. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The insidious franchise I have really enjoyed. Uh, and this, you know, if, if it is what they say it is and it's the end, then it was a, it was a great end. Uh, they brought the original Lambert family back, Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, even grown up Ty came back. He, he's so grown up now from his days of Iron Man 3 and Insidious 1. Mm-hmm. And he's got this long hair and he's, you know, it's like, wow, that's they brought him back. They even brought the little brother back and he's the same guy. And so the story's good. Uh, the 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 family dynamic is I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen it. Uh, definitely shifted um quite a bit uh there are some characters missing from this one in some aspects but it all kind of pays off in the end once that third act hits and uh the final moments of the movie and it was it was a good farewell i know that a lot of insidious fans you know were kind of tired out because three and four were a little lackluster uh it w- they were prequels to one and two so the lambert family wasn't in it uh, yeah. Um, but Elise was in it, and she's she's a good character. And but I have to say, I I really enjoyed it. It was it was great seeing a, a good horror movie in the theaters again. And uh, I, I just recommend it. I don't want to spoil anything. If you if you've seen it and you're interested in reading the blog about it, that's on our website about the Red Door I wrote. Um, but I, I recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's still in theaters. So I have seen the first one because of yeah. you. Actually, yes. I think I, I watched it twice yes. uh, with you. One time it was like I had like a like a date type thing mm-hmm. going on over there uh, with a, a, <gasps> a friend of yours. Yes. That, yeah. Oh, so God, that was years ago, man. It was. So like she that and I had like a little ago. date, yeah, a little with, date. With you uh, watching yeah. a scary movie. So yeah. That's what I remember about. I that. still to this day think there's nothing better for a date than a horror movie. You know, it worked me out personally. <laughs> me personally, I mean, at the I, time, I think I think it's 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 a wingman in its own right. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a scary good movie. It was good, uh, but other than that, I definitely get to the theater and see Haunted Museum. If you're a fan of this ride, if uh, the ride lore, Haunted Museum, this Haunted Museum, Haunted Mansion, yes. Uh, <laughs> haunted mansion um the ride lore is so much better in this movie like they stuck to a lot of the easter eggs and the actual story and lore of the ride do we get the scared skinny shivering dog you i don't want to spoil it but you get a lot of the ghosts from the ride okay you get a lot of dialogue from the ride it's just yes they are in it. The hitchhiking ghosts. Uh, yes. 
the villain. Oh, he's not a big character in the ride. He's mentioned, and like you can see his top hat and all that. But, but uh, Jared Leto plays him, and oh, okay, it's it's fantastic. And this cast is just strong. Each Danny moment DeVito. they individually get is fantastic. As an ensemble together, they're amazing. They play well together. The writing's hilarious. And also, I mean, I probably wouldn't take a five or a six-year-old to it because it is. Yeah, it's got ghosts some, it's, got, it's, it's got some ghosts and stuff and some great jump scares. Yeah. You know, unlike most Disney movies, this one is is a top-notch Disney horror movie. And it's great. it's the scares are great. The, the lore of the ride is great. The, the writing, I mean, it's just such a good movie. And I recommend experiencing it in theaters, especially if you're a fan of the ride and you yeah. go to Disney a lot. I plan to see it after it's, Barbie. After Barbie. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's good. I highly recommend it. Uh, is this it? I don't know. They could do a one-off and I'd be, and I'd be fine with it. Well, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean was a movie based on a ride, and yeah, and it that's got, like potentially still going. So, potentially, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. Um, How about old talk, Indiana Jones? Let's talk about the one that we've both seen. Yeah, uh, recently, um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The, according to Harrison Ford, the final outing of Indiana Jones. And I think that's probably think it's, it's a good decision. It's it's time. But I also pose this question: In twenty years, when he's a hundred, when he's maybe still alive, I don't know. <laughs> when he's gone, do you yourself, as an indie fan, think I'd like to see some different stories with a a different indie? Or do you go to your grave uh, saying they better not touch it? As as a reboot or as a this is the same Indiana Jones but a different actor? Yeah, yeah, just different stories. Kind of like they do with James Bond. Or is Harrison Indy don't touch it unless, you know. Well, the thing about James Bond is that he's sort of timeless. Like you could do James Bond in the sixties. You can do James Bond in the nineties and in the mm -hmm. current era. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like Indiana Jones doesn't work the same way. It's gotta be that world war two Nazis. Yeah. There's like, no, there's no cell phones. There's yeah. No... Yeah. Yeah. So I, agree. I think it would, it would be hard to, to do that. So you can't give him the James Bond treatment, but then if you try to reboot, same era, same character, or whatever, with a different actor. I feel like people are probably gonna shoot it down right away. So it probably have to be like a long span of time. Like we will never live to see Star Wars remade. That'll no. never happen in our lifetime. Most no. likely, you never know anything can happen. I guess, but maybe like a hundred years from now, somebody might be like, "Oh, remember that Star Wars stuff that people were obsessed with?" 60 years, it, yeah, back, for 60 in, years. back in the day. Maybe we should try that again. I don't know. Maybe By then, maybe people will be living Star Wars for real. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, that was, a, that was an AD, ADHD. Uh, yes, that was, but I, I would have to agree. I think I stand with Harrison. Yeah. Uh, 
when he said, if they reboot this thing in a few years with Chris Pratt, I'm haunting everybody. <laughs> He's so funny, man. I've watched a couple like little interviews he did. And this woman was basically just gushing over him like, oh, you know, you're 80 years old and you're, you still look good and whatever. And he goes, yeah, I was blessed with this body. I was blessed with this body. And when I saw David one, like, Blaine was in their house doing magic for me, like, oh, yeah, out of get my out house. house. <laughs> I, I saw one, it was like some sort of awards thing or, or something. I don't know. Uh, Steven Spielberg was sitting at a table in the audience in a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. And so they play the Indiana Jones music as his entrance music to walk on stage. Harrison Ford, that is. And he walks out and he kind of pauses. He's like, this music follows me. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he is a funny guy. Uh, so, he like, okay, guy. Indiana Jones has been out like almost a month now, right? So yeah. maybe can we can we talk a little? We can talk spoilers. Spoilers yeah. for Indiana Jones. If you haven't seen it, now's the time to pause. Come back later. Um, did you expect that he would die in the end? Yes, I did too, and I was very relieved. That they yeah. did not do it that way. Yeah. But at the same time, I left kind of a little worried because of what we were just talking about. Oh, no. Yeah. This leaves like, it open oh, for them to do more. He grabbed his hat and he's not dead. Uh... But, you know, it, that's how the first one ended. Yeah. And I think it's perfect for the last one to end that way. With um, Marion. The, the book in, you know. Yeah. So. I, I was the one thing happy. that I was shocked with, and I knew that Shia wasn't in this. I knew that he probably Disney didn't want to touch Shia LaBeouf. I, yeah. I knew that, and I knew that also coming from not just Shia, the new stuff that surrounds Shia, yeah, um, but also like they wanted to depart from the fourth as much as possible, yeah, probably. Um, just in dialogue, saying, you know, that Mutt died in the war. Yeah, I well, I mean, like, it made sense. Whoa. I mean, it it wasn't, it wasn't wrong dialogue. It made sense with the story. It made sense with what he would have done. He would have done it to spy Indy. You know, it absolutely. An explanation for there to be a few lines of dialogue. Yeah. Told more of the story and with where Indy is and what, why Marion's not with him and why they're getting a divorce. Yes. Just a few lines of dialogue. And you're kind of like, Everyone should take notes on how they did that with just a few lines of dialogue. When you have legacy characters (laughs) and you make another movie and you don't plan on bringing them back, maybe just throw one little line out there that says, oh, yeah, stay too. Yo, they ain't going to be here this time. (laughs) But I was like, I looked at Maddie and I went, oh, they killed Mutt in the war. Wow. Like I and I because I I told mom, I was like, I was wondering going in, how are they going to handle it? Like, is he just off on an adventure? Are we retconning, kind of? But I was like, smart. It was well done, the way they I handled was, it. I was worried for a little bit that they were just trying to retcon it. Like, no, nah, it didn't even happen, whatever, because there was no mention of him for so long. Yeah. And yeah. no Marion, you know, so. No Marion, no mention of him, and there was no talk of aliens. or intermin- I was like, are they retconning the whole fourth movie? Like, I don't think they'll do that. But they did it all really well. Uh, the opening of him de-aged and actually like back in Nazi yeah. Germany fighting Nazis. I was like, yes, this let's, is Indiana Jones. Let's talk about that. Okay. I have a couple of, if I have any complaints at all. Okay. 
I have one story complaint. I think, yeah, just one story complaint. And I have one like uh, technical complaint, I guess. Okay. Am I the only one who felt like in the young indie scene, which was amazing. It was incredible. Just, I was thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looked like young Indiana Jones, but it sounded just like 80-year-old Harrison Ford. Could they not have done something with his voice to make him sound like sound like young Harrison Ford because he sounded exactly hey, the way yeah. he sounded when he was old Indy yeah. five minutes later? Um, and I, I was trying to think back to Mandalorian. They had Mark Hamill standing in, and, and, and even though they de-aged him, he was there. But didn't they have someone else speak the lines? Or like, didn't they, they do something they, to his they, voice? They mixed the voices. Something like that. Like They, why they mixed they... Hamill's voice and tone with a younger actor saying the lines. So it was like a younger vocal uh, range saying yeah. Hamill's voice. And right. we're, that's just a few years ago. God knows what we'll be able to do with AI in five years. Um, so I'm wondering so, why they didn't do that. And that's another thing going back to the AI thing is they could keep doing Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford after he dies. That's, that's if he gives true. Them, if he gives them full permission to. And then like whoever is in charge of his estate or whatever, whether it's Callista yeah. or their son Liam or, or whatever the case may be, like, okay, well, we can't pay Harrison Ford, but we can still pay out for using AI. We can still pay out to the estate of the actor yeah. Yeah. as they should. So, Yeah, absolutely. To, to so, uh, call back to our previous discussion. Yeah, we, uh, there's no telling what we'll see, but I, I agree. His voice didn't match the, the de-aging face. Um, yeah, it, it was not the young Harrison from... It was a little distracting. Yeah. Because I expected when he opened his mouth for it to sound like, you know, Han Solo. Yeah. And it was still, oh, yeah, you punched me in the face. Uh, that should be yeah. in a museum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and here's my, here's my other one. The villain. Uh, mm-hmm. he's on the train with, with Indy and, uh, Dobby, uh, yes. Toby, Toby Jones. I think it's Toby Jones. Yeah. So they shoot the bad guy and then mm-hmm. he gets smacked by a, like a sign on the train and gets knocked off the train. Right. Like how he is gets, he not he dead? Gets, he gets KO'd. He wasn't, he wasn't dead from that. Or even like crippled or deformed or messed up or anything. He just looked like a normal guy, but a little bit older in mm-hmm. the, the present day of that movie. Yeah, that um, Mads no Mikkelsen aged that. better from open to regular story than Harrison did. Oh, absolutely he did. <laughs> he looked the same pretty much. But I kept waiting for them to be like, Yes, that's right. I figured out how to use the dial of destiny and I went back and I changed that moment and saved myself. So that's yeah. why I'm here and I'm just a normal guy and I'm not like in a wheelchair or like or with half of a face, face or, or yeah. anything like that. But that never happened. And so when they have Indy with them and they unlock the supernatural power or mm. whatever it is that's happening, which always happens the supernatural mm-hmm. thing happens in Indy's presence with the bad guys because they do it and then they can't control it. Uh, he still has trouble that's the first time. magic. What they said, this is not supernatural. This is science. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I expected him to to stay there. I thought that was going to be the. That's what I thought. thought, uh, Yeah. He loves history so much, and he, uh, you know, this is the perfect place for him to be. And then, like, we could just see the uh, the girl, uh, the protagonist that he was with, the partner. I forget Mm -hmm. her name. Mm -hmm. I could just see her, like, you know, a couple years later, she's at a university and she's going through the books, and she opens one, and there's some sort of little image of. You know, Indiana one of these Jones historic figures, and there's another guy with a little whip around his 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 hip and the yeah. silhouette. I did love how they 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 explained time, because like when they find Archimedes' tomb, he's wearing a watch, a broken yeah. watch, and he's like, "This shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have this watch." Well, it was the bad guys because they went back in time. Yes, and Archimedes was like, "You were. It was always meant to bring you to me." I programmed the dial to bring you yeah. here to bring us help if anyone ever found it. And that was really cool. Cause like, I did think that like, this is where he's going to die. He's going to die in history. But I think, and that's what made the actual ending so great because it was like, Oh, this is it. They're really telegraphing it to you. He's going to stay here forever. And this is his ending. And mm-hmm. then she punches him in the face. And next thing you know, he's, he's back home. It's like, ah, funny. You got us. So, yeah. And I think that they were also telling the story of no, no, I and other people still need Indiana Jones in our time. We still need yeah. Dr. Jones. Your, your wife needs you. I need you. You're my godfather. You know, Wombat is what he called her. That's right. Um, I, I, I also thoroughly uh, enjoyed the, uh, the callbacks to different things like uh, he, he, called back temple of doom he he said you've never uh drank the blood of kali ma mm-hmm. uh he also talked about getting shot on accident by his father mm-hmm. that was last crusade um and and when he talks about seeing some things you're like well he saw the ark he, he was around the ark of the covenant so yes like the little and they didn't mention interdimensional beings so they still played like let's mention the ones people enjoyed let's mention those indiana but let's not say have him say something like an interdimensional beings <laughs> like <laughs> and like a look at the a look at the, the camera <laughs> yeah um i liked that uh they somewhat introduced this this new character in his past with toby jones's character that technically would be around the same time as some of the other movies, but we never met that character. Like it was just another story of Indiana Jones during world war two and another person who helped him with Toby Jones character. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you would think that if that character was involved with him and he taught at Oxford and knew Indiana Jones, he would also know people like Sala or his dad or stuff like that. But I thought that was interesting. And of course, speaking of Sala, um, yeah, John Reese Davies, who we literally saw a week before the movie came out, and he'll be in Orlando, and he'll be in Orlando. Um, seeing him, hearing him, seeing him standing and talking, I would have told you he's still the same age, but when he was running, yeah, like running to get the cab, I was like, oh, John Reese Davies is old now. It's when they're running, even when Indy was running at times, I was like, that is not. 
a very fast moving Indiana Jones. Uh, he even ran like an 80 year old man. Just that scuffle they do, even when he's being chased by people with guns. Uh, but I would probably give it a solid eight out of 10. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I wasn't like as jazzed about it, but like by no means did I feel like it was bad. So I'm going to say like a, like a seven ish, you know, I was just kind of like, all right, that was cool. I'm good with that. You know? Yeah. And the farewell was great. You know, if, if they never touch it again, which we've been assured they're not, it was good closure. Yes. For sure. Closure with, for all the characters and the world that is Indiana Jones. Speaking of closure, uh, why don't we take one more little break and then we can mm-hmm. close our show here with the little wrestling talk. Wrestling. And 30 and 30 podcast returns. Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where each week the drunk guys tackle a famous book while drinking craft beer matching the book characters or themes. Such as, the devil made me do it while reading The Scarlet Letter, or Dissenter, while reading 1984. You'll just have to tune in to find out what went along with Fifty Shades of Grey, but you'll definitely want to find out. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere. That's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Boom! Turn your reckon to a check, the ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom! Turn your reckon to a check, we got your back now call OEB Law. Woke up all broke up and messed up, laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough. Couldn't work much and the bills are piling up. Insurance company wasn't paying up. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Call 546-1111. You're in pain, yeah, we got you. You can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom. Turn your reckon to a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your reckon to a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your reckon to a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. What's up, guys? This is Logan, better known as The Rev of Rents on yours truly, 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Exciting news coming to you because your boy now owns a business, and that business is Shane's Rib Shack in Georgia, McDonough, Highway 81, and we've got some delicious food. we got ribs. we got wings. We've got tendies. We've got boneless. We've got everything that you want. You like burgers? we got that, too. And I would be very appreciative if you showed me the love that you showed me here, right here, the 30 Nerdy Podcast, and go and find me in Georgia and get some of that Shane Shack food. And if you do, always tell them that 30 and Nerdy sent you. And I promise, my word right here, you mention 30 and Nerdy, you get the free sweet tea. That's on me. And that's a promise because the reverence never breaks a promise. Welcome back, Nerds and Nerdettes. We are in the final segment of the show, and we are closing out with a little preview of the biggest show of the summer, as they say in WWE, SummerSlam. It's just a few short days away. Slam of summers. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, 
It's coming well, up. This time uh, last year, days. man, we were at SummerSlam in Nashville. Oh, I know. A year has gone by already. And and Brock Lesnar uh like destroyed the ring with a tractor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. what a what a show. It was a good show. It was a good show. So, I think this is going to be a good show. Juice has the card pulled up, and we're going to talk about the card and where the stories have brought us here, and if they're this is the end, because as you all know, big high quality stories they like to do the whole rubber match thing. Like Mania will a Mania story can sometimes end at SummerSlam, or yep. they'll do like a three. A lot of like Brock and Cody are doing the rubber mm-hmm. match, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where we get to. What is the first match we're going to talk about? Okay, so uh, first Slam of Summer match listed here. Thank you, Wikipedia. Summer Slam Battle Royal. Uh, oh, don't don't know how many people are going to be in it. Uh, I did not know Royal. that this was. Don't have a lot of participants, but here are the confirmed participants as of uh, as of right now. Uh, L.A. Knight. Oh, he's winning. Yeah. Sheamus, Tommaso Ciampa, Shinsuke Nakamura, Otis, and Chad Gable. Uh, It seems like LA Knight is the right thing to do. Uh, Uh, I saw a post a few days ago showing the top five sales and shirts for WWE right now. Four out of the five are LA Knight. Yeah. Different colors. Yeah. Let me Uh, talk to you. I think Cody Rhodes is the is the other one. So the dude's making bukus of money uh, on merchandise for the company, and the then fans want. I've never seen someone so over who was not getting any sort of, you know, like automatic this, push. This is the same guy who had a Mountain Dew pitch black lights out glow in the dark match with Bray Wyatt uh, at the Royal Rumble, and that like terrible. that should have like just totally killed him. Like that should have been the end for him. But he said, "I'm not going to let it." And here he is. So I, and here I, yeah, he is I think he'll just win. as over, if not more over than Sammy was. And, oh. and the Usos and the bloodline storyline. We're he's telling you a, what we want. That's what got we're a little, uh, a little bit of criticism from my boy, Kevin Nash. who was just saying like, am I the only one not seeing that he's basically just a knockoff stone cold rock hybrid. Um, and I mean, LA and I, that LA and I basically said like, yeah pretty much you know uh, but it's i grew up with them it's working out like, yeah it's like an ode to them i guess yeah it's, it's like i grew up watching those two so, i'm totally yeah. cool with it hell yeah so he's amazing looks, looks like we're both we're both saying la night for this i'm trying to and i think he wins anything it. to write down our prediction i think he wins it and then i think he's who takes the u.s off of trout mouth Ooh, maybe hey train who's the intercontinental champion right now oh uh, that's Gunther. Uh, Gunther. And I yeah. think they're going to let Gunther break Honky Tonk Man's record. I. Because he's a sure. couple months away. Do you have uh, like paper close by where you can write down yeah. our predictions? All right. So, Rumble, both of us say LA Knight. LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match. Uh, so I, I, I gotta say that, that I hope that Bane comes out <laughs> and destroys the ring, and we can't continue with the match. Right. So I kind of felt the same way. I was not really interested in this match at all because I just don't care anything about either one of them, to be honest with you. 
but I got to give it to them. On Raw this past week, they did one of these infamous WWE packages that they do coming up uh, on a feud. When the Mm -hmm. match is getting close, they get these killer video packages. They did one for this match that they did on Raw, and it was one of the best ones that I've actually seen in a long time. Uh, And I've never been super impressed with either of their mic performance skills and stuff like that man both of them it, i was convinced like i my i totally suspended my my disbelief for this okay. because it felt very real i mean there were tears like this was very emotional you know they were like you know we've been best friends and yada 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 there's all the history it shows pictures of them through the years and they start airing their grievances and this made me mad about them. And uh, this is not going to be a match. This is going to be a fight. But I mean, Ronda Rousey was in tears. Shayna Baszler was in tears. And I was like, whoa, I believe this. So I'm now interested in the match and I'm hoping for a Shayna Baszler win. See, that's what I'm hoping for. Cause I think, I think this one's not done. This this feud might not be done, but she's almost done. She's just not had the same oomph this time around. Like something's missing. I don't know if she hasn't had her heart in or what, but the fans are just totally not interested. Well, her husband and her baby go everywhere with her. Have you noticed that? Like if you follow no. her on so they are backstage everywhere she goes. Hmm. So she ain't missing mommy time. <laughs> I won't miss her when she's gone. Let's just say that. I uh, loved her in the UFC. Loved when she showed up at the end of that pay-per-view and everybody's like, oh my God, yeah. it's Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But every year since then, I've just been less. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I used to love you. Definitely declined. Yeah. All right. So were we both saying Shayna? Mm-hmm. All right, next match. Before I ask this, uh, have you paid much attention to the new Raw ring announcer, the female ring announcer? Yeah. She apparently is also uh, Ricochet's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. according to uh, Logan Paul the other night. But she is very creative uh, with her announcements like I, I don't know of anyone who's done things like this before but like she on certain superstars names she does like a little thing with her voice like for example this next match for the wwe intercontinental championship uh drew mcintyre versus ludwig kaiser giovanni vinci and gunta she does uh, this little i like, follow her on instagram she films Ludwig Kaiser. She films like she sets her camera up in front of her every time she's announcing stuff. Uh, but the way she puts that little Ludwig Kaiser, like that's that character. He's very like he's got his nose up in the air. I'm better than you, you know. And the way she says his name, and also like uh, Chelsea Green, Chelsea. So Chelsea. I don't know what her name is. But I think she's doing a wonderful. She's fantastic. Job. I got I I got Gunther, man. I I think that they're gonna let him beat Honky Tonk's record, and I'm here for it. He has brought prestige back to that title, where 
for years leading up to now, I don't think there was a lot of prestige. Not as much. Not as much. Definitely, it's as a mid-card title, like we've seen a lot of mid-card dudes on it, but like Mm -hmm. Gunther is a dude that you totally believe and expect will be at the top of the card one day. Yes. A lot of the Intercontinental Champions in the past few years, not really not so as much. much. It wasn't an obvious, like, yeah, they're going to be up on the top, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when you think back to the early days of the Intercontinental title, or at least in the 90s and, and so on, like, it was the, this is going to be the next guy. Like, Shawn Michaels yeah. had the title and, and guys like Triple that. H, The Rock. All of those guys held the IC. So, I think I'm going to go with with uh, Gunther as well. But I'm worried about what's going to happen with Drew here. Like, I'm, I'm afraid he's really going to lose momentum. So, it's just a singles match. So, maybe there'll be some shenanigans like uh, the rest of Imperium will get involved. There'll be a disqualification mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, so, that Drew will have the opportunity for another match at – What's the next pay-per-view? It's probably one of the like payback or something. Hell in a cell or the yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh but eventually I I think that Drew is going to win and uh, okay. win the title from Gunther, but maybe just not yet. Okay. So we're all we're we're pretty much the same on all three of these so far. So far we are. Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Um I'm a fan of Ricochet, mm-hmm. and too. you know what? Out of all the celebrities who have come through and 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 had matches and stuff like that, I think Logan Paul is 100 percent the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the the bad guy character down, and I think it's believable because it's such an extension of who he really is or who he appears to be. I obviously don't know much about you. Him, didn't you didn't but, like when Drew Carey got involved? I thought Drew Carey did a great. Uh, well, he job. was my next <laughs> next favorite uh, celebrity. He's still better than Bad Bunny. So, <laughs> no, I joke. But um, I don't had know a good who to call hit. on this man because, in all honesty, this has been subtly building since Rumble, since they had that that clash at Rumble where did they jumped off their, at each other. And did you see the little interaction on Raw? Yes. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's pretty. I'm gonna they, go. They had some good stuff. I'm going to go with Logan Paul. Mm. He hasn't really had a lot of wins Mm-mm. since signing his contract. And, and if they're so building like, him for a heel, I do think he needs to win this. Because aside from his one victory with the Miz that year at Mania. Uh, I mean, how long is is he going to stick around, you know? I don't know. Because if he doesn't have a lot left to, to, to do, Ricochet needs to win because he's I still going to be there. I don't think that Logan Paul is a a guy who's under contract that they're like, yeah, you'll have a title one day. I don't think he's there for nah. a title holding you know, full-time, even if it's like mid-card or tag team. I don't think he's that kind of star. I think he's just there to kind of have some fun, do the next thing in his life, boost some ratings for them, and you know, cross cross promote for for trying to get audiences to cross over and all that. But I don't think he's like a in his contract. He has a, a 
U.S. title win or money in the bank cash in. So he doesn't need the win as much as Ricochet does, but I think this feud will go on. Yeah, I think so too. After this, so I think he gets the first win. Yeah, and he's young, you know, like mm-hmm. I imagine because he is so good at it and and I mean it's working out really well the relationship between him and WWE. It it's been very successful. I I don't see this being the end just yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go Logan Paul. Me too. Me too. All right, we got like four main events here. The champion Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso tribal combat for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and recognition of Tribal Chief. Mm. I'm going Roman Reigns. Uh, Jey Uso is over like Grover, and I know it, um, and he's he's great. But I just don't see after all this time he he's the one to dethrone Roman. And some people might say it makes perfect sense, and it could only be him. And it started be- with Jay. Uh, yes, and and how better to you know build a new star, and on all that, and I get that that as well. But I, I just don't see this being it. I don't. I don't think so. So I'm going to go with Roman. Okay. I don't see it going Jay's way because there are a lot of times where like, if you follow them on social media, especially the Usos and WWE and all that, they'll show clips of like interviews outside of the ring. Like, you know, like someone's in their home talking to him about a magazine from a magazine or something. And a couple of interviews recently, like they've talked about their dream being facing each other at mania. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you're going to do it, 40 in Philly, the city of brotherly love, why not have Jay and Jimmy face each other at Mania and it be because Jimmy keeps costing him? Mm-hmm. You know, not out of purpose. I don't think it should be like a Matt and Jeff feud when well, they had it. I think it yeah. should be more of a, a just a fight, just a. I- yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, and that's also a way uh, that they can transition Jay out of the bloodline feud and they can mm-hmm. finally end this. Like, okay, the bloodline is done. They're fractured. They're off. Uh, but also, like, I could see Roman and Solo doing something for a little yeah. while. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think he's done being the tribal chief. No, just yet. No. I mean, there's still people talking about how, like, you know, it's going to be Cody and Roman again. And this time Cody's going to win. Yeah. Finish the story for real. Uh, mm. Maybe we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of WrestleMania feuds that have been like back to back years and so oh, forth. So, yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see. But I think we're both going with Roman, right? Yes. Okay. So, Asuka. Versus Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair, triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, we have no champion's advantage because there's no disqualification in a triple threat match. And Charlotte Flair's in it, and her statistics of walking away with a title are. The, uh, I think she's undefeated at SummerSlam, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think. And do uh, you 
do you build a stronger story with Charlotte and Bianca as a feud, if that's where they're going, mm-hmm. to where Bianca lost her title? Unfairly, Charlotte gets put in the match. Yes. But it's Charlotte that beats Asuka. And then you've got Bianca like, what the hell? She's like, I didn't even get. And then you slowly turn Bianca heel. Yes, something along those lines. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Uh, Bianca's husband, Montez Ford, is and, and Angelo Dawkins, Street Profits, have been, they've been teasing this new faction with Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. And I think there were, was it a couple of guys from NXT or something? I can't remember who it was, yeah. but uh, this new group. And I have said for so long that when the bloodline was really starting up, I desperately wanted that stable of the Samoans and, and the and why mm-hmm. I family. I wanted yeah. Nia in there. I wanted Tamina in there. I wanted I want, I want the whole mm-hmm. dynasty. Mm-hmm. This could be a great opportunity to turn Bianca. And I've been saying this for a long time, too. It's time for a change for Bianca. Mm-hmm. And the skipping down the ring is great. My little girl loves it. All of that stuff, I get it, but it's we've done this for about four or five years now. I think it's time for a change. I think she's going to lose the hair at some point in time. I think she's going to turn bad. I think she's going to roll with her husband and and the new faction new dynasty. Yeah. I'm hoping anyway. And, and I, they I could even continue some... to call it the hurt business. Why not? You know, just bring back the hurt business. There you go. Um, or that... do you or do you do this? Do you have somehow Oscar retains and it still continues to like break out into a fight, which is also still a possibility. And like they hurt Oscar, but Charlotte and Bianca roll out and are like fighting. And while Oscar's down and they're distracted, EO comes in money in the bank, money in the bank cash. Yeah. Then you slowly build the the downfall of damage control because Bailey will get jealous. So, I am going to go with Oscar. I think. I think. I think. I think I like that last story better. Yeah. I don't know if the cash in will happen, or maybe like she goes to cash in and Bailey messes it up, mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. And we also got to think about like somewhere in this card, like somewhere there's going to be some kind of a return or a surprise. I would imagine. God, this would be a like great time for Orton to come back. Yeah, like especially at SummerSlam, you know, Becky Lynch came back at SummerSlam, and last year we got uh, Bailey and and, and mm-hmm. uh, those girls control. from NXT came up, all of that stuff. So, I yeah, I'm going to go. Awesome. If he's healed, and the way that Kurt Angle talked recently in an interview is he is healed and and approved to come back. What better time than SummerSlam? But what Orton do you bring back? Or maybe he challenges Roman. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets involved with that. We'll and see. Like, I'm not just a legend killer. I'll kill your dynasty too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't see legends and bloodlines and tribal chiefs. I'll just, I'll, I'll punt you. I'll punt you too. Or what will Orton he get... do you bring back? Um... Monster heel, or just. 
because he's not really Monster Hill when yeah, it's those hard. days are over. Yeah, that was like the legacy uh, 2010 11 12 yeah. era he's passed even when now. he's, he's quote-unquote a bad guy he's still just like yeah consorting. he's gonna get cheered no matter what mm-hmm. so yes that could happen if he comes back right now or would he get involved in the next match uh seth rollins versus finn balor for the world heavyweight championship we've also got damian priest Holding the briefcase with the briefcase. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Finn Balor is going to win. And then we're going to have the tension for a while between Finn and uh, Damien Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. And Finn will spend his whole time saying, why don't you cash in on Roman? Yeah, maybe something like that. Why don't then the judgment day starts going after the tribal chief? But Seth is definitely a babyface right now. Mm-hmm. And it would be weird for Randy to challenge him. Unless they do try to do the, the heel thing. But, like, I'm just imagining when he shows up and he's been gone for over a year, however long, he's going to get a huge pop. He's going to get cheered. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what happened with Becky Lynch. She, she had a heel and run for Ort- a little while. Orton and Judgment Day would be some pretty cool stuff. But then again, this is all depending on whether or not he shows up. So yeah. All right. So what's your call on this one, Finn or Seth? Ooh. I'm not super confident about my pick, but I'm just gonna say Finn to go out on a limb and because we need to have some sort of a shift in titles somewhere tonight. Oh god, yeah, we do. Um I'm actually gonna say that Finn wins. But Damien cashes in on him at SummerSlam. Yeah. Like the cash in happens that night. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of dragging it out, like just stand yeah. there. Okay. Judgment Day's done. Because I think really Rhea Ripley and, and Dom can kind of still stand on their own for a little bit longer. Yeah. I think yeah. I think we could lose Judgment Day. Yeah. But then yeah. again, man, at the same time, like. We're losing the bloodline. Yeah, I'm starting to think that I might stick with Seth. Okay. So so this is where we differ. You've got Finn. Or I'll take Seth. Seth could win again. And Damien catch in. Damien could cash in on Seth. And then Finn's like, man, what the heck? I was so close. And then he's jealous, you know? Because I think eventually you, you Damian, get a few months of mommy keeping them together, like buck it up. Maybe it yeah. happened. I can see she's, Damian. She's the leader in that group. Clearly. Yeah, she's the most over, probably. Yeah. Dom is like in 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 the way that a heel is over. Like he's absolutely killing it. I'm a fan of Dom. Dirty Dom. Never thought that I would say I was. Did not like him as a face. Yeah. He won you over, huh? He did as a heel. He has. I haven't seen anybody booed like that in a long time. Every time he picks up a mic. Only uh, Roman Reigns when we saw him after he beat the Undertaker. Except for that one guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We we sat next to a dude in a Roman Reigns vest. This was like 
babyface Roman Reigns winning all the time, Superman, but everybody the, hates him. The big dog, the, this the is big my yard dog. or something like that. Yeah. God. And this guy, everyone that the fans booed, this guy cheered and clapped for. And everyone that the fans cheered for, this guy Dude. booed. Like Finn yes. Balor, who was a mega babyface, made his return after an injury or something. Everyone's going crazy for Finn Balor showing up. And this one guy is like, boo. He's <laughs> we literally like, like the worst Man, troll. shut up. This was the night that we walked by some dude. I think it was this mania. It might have been one of the other ones. <laughs> we walked by this dude and he goes, man, this crowd would boo Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it was the mania. We got our, uh, our flags, our street flags. Yes. I've, I've yeah. got the Sasha and Taker one. Have we told that story on the air? Oh, that we have not. A, that might be a story for another time. That's a story for, for another time. Uh, well, we'll so we got Finn and Seth with both of us saying possibility for a cash-in no matter what. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. I, I like the Seth idea better, but I'm just going to stick with Finn. It's okay. Um. Last one, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I can go I, Cody, I, man. I think so, yeah. I have not really been a huge fan of this feud. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't either. a lot of a story to it. Like, Brock turned on Cody one night. And I hated that because, God, they would have made a cool little tag team for a night. Yeah. Like, funny Cowboy Brock. And, and, and I was enjoying babyface Brock Lesnar. Me too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Cody. Yeah. But at the same time, dude, like, I mean, He's obviously. his hard time storyline, so. Co- Cody is is the guy right now. Like, he's he's the the big hero baby face. hmm How many times are we going to have the, up, you know, up-and-coming hero good guy character slay the beast? Seth Rollins yeah. did it. Drew McIntyre did it. Yeah. Um, like so many times they put up the fight and then they have to give him like five finishers and then they win. Roman has, has beaten him countless times. Like mm-hmm. is when does Brock lose that? Oh, he's this immovable force. I think he slowly lost it when he became face because he did some stuff with almost. Oh, yeah. And all that. Well, he, and him, he ended up beating him, but Man. I don't know. I just I, I could have dealt with some longer baby face Brock for a little bit longer. Same. I enjoyed it. So you and I have the same picks for the whole card with the exception of the uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor <laughs> match, but I'm glad that you wrote it down because I'll not even remember what I picked when uh, <laughs> we watch it for real. So. All right. Yeah, I, think, I think the one thing on the card, man, that I think is just a go-to is just L.A. You got it. Yeah. He has been. We have been telling you for months. This is our guy. We picked him, kind of like people did with Ryder all those years ago. Like, yeah. no, we love him. We love Ryder. He's our guy. And Daniel. And like, if you listen to the audience, they'll tell you who they're for. But the more that they start to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And take it away, the bigger it is and the better it is when they actually get it. So mm-hmm. uh, they've been giving us that for a while, a couple months here of, 
Oh, here's an opportunity for LA Knight. Oh no, he he, he didn't quite make it. He didn't. He wasn't quite up to par, or there were some shenanigans involved, or whatever the case may be. So maybe now is the time. I think so. I think so. So uh, before we head out, thoughts on uh, the summer? So I break WWE into like three seasons. There's Mania season, January through May. SummerSlam season, June through August, and September through December is Survivor Series season. Absolutely. The summer season, how have you you felt about the stories, the pay-per-views, the – I think for the first time in a while, I feel like since Rumble, it's been – I feel like this full year has been like – usually there's those – remember when we'd be like, well, it's the downtime. Mm -hmm. But once we get towards one of the big four, then – It'll pick up storyline wise. Yeah, things are going really well. For things are going really right well right now. Yeah, I'm enjoying. I am quite too. A bit. I am and too. We've talked for years and years and years, and we've said countless times. Like one of the things about the Attitude Era that made it so great was anything could happen. And also, mm-hmm. you know, I got to say, like the dirt sheets weren't as as easily accessible no. back then, no. the internet and stuff like that. So things were much bigger surprises, and now everything gets ruined. But mm-hmm. that sense of like anyone can show up, anything can happen. You got to see it; it's live. Like that feeling hasn't been a thing for a long time, and even if it was, like things are different now. It, it's yeah. never going to be the same as when we were growing up. We're never going to no. view it through that same lens ever again. No. But for it to be twenty something years later. I think it's going pretty well. It's so, going really well. I, I don't, I don't have any predictions for Survivor Series right now. I'm trying to figure out if uh, who the teams they, are going to be. If they are doing the the Roman Reigns going up till WrestleMania next year, how are they going to keep him busy for the next eight nine months? How are they going to do that? Um, why did the Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus match get cut from SummerSlam? and move to know. Raw. Why did that happen? What's going on? So. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. Yes. I think it's a, another strong card like it was last year. Yeah. And uh, we'll keep talking about it as long as it's interesting to us. <laughs> no no edge on the card, though. No edge. Uh, but I think that he's heading towards a fight with this this young gun who does the the talk show. Grace and Walla. Grace and Walla effect. Yeah, I think he's heading to that. Uh, so, any final thoughts on anything we've talked about tonight, Juice? Not a one. Go support your 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 local movie theater. Absolutely, two or three times. Yes. So so we uh, highly recommend the Stubbs A list member. Mm-hmm. You've heard that we we recommend. Seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer, Haunted Mansion. If you're a horror fan, I recommend The Red Door. Indiana Jones, if you haven't seen it, you've had some spoils tonight. Uh, just just go out. Go out and support the entertainment industry in uh, any fashion. Uh, don't forget to follow us. Check out our website for the where you can find us on all of social media and keep up with us. Uh, Fanboy Expo Orlando is right around the corner. Uh, follow them on social media, Fanboy Expo, to stay up to date with all their announcements. Um, don't forget uh, Patreon. There's some uh, some consolidation and changes happening soon uh, with the growth of 30 and Nerdy. So 
look out for that. Uh, and uh, we are actually excited uh, as we close out here. You hear the our, our credits uh, theme song that was written for us yeah. by the incomparable Beth Crowley. She has an uh, uh, album drop coming up this month, and we are going to be in attendance in Hotlanta uh, to hang out with her and to talk to her a little bit about her album drop. So go find her uh, wherever you get your music, iTunes, Spotify, Beth Crowley. Check her out. She's a fantastic songwriter uh, and and just a beautiful person. Um, Don't forget, support your local comic shops, your small businesses, your independent artists of all kinds. And support your kids' teachers going into this yes. school year, folks. Absolutely. The uh, appreciation for teachers is uh, sort of at a all-time low in some mm-hmm. places in, some in the world. And uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there about teachers right now. Yes. So, you know. Support them. Support your teachers. They Absolutely. are doing their best for your kids. Mm-hmm. So stay kind to one another, and most importantly, stay kind to yourselves. And as always, cheers to you. Adios. There once were two dudes who met back in college. Nobody loved pop culture more. So they started a podcast to talk all about it And 30 and Nerdy was born Oh, 30 and Nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher Or movies like Lord of the Rings And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel While Tyler goes more for DC Yes, Tyler goes more for DC Now come, come, one and all Nerd up or shut up, just answer the call To be part of our journey into magical worlds Join us and cheers to ya nerds Join us and cheers to ya nerds